Hey, this podcast is not kid-friendly. So if you don't want your kid to hear about sex and the word shit and all that other stuff, you should probably get them out of the room right now. Everybody has a secret. This is Beyond the Secret, an anonymous podcast where I uncover the truth behind people's deepest secrets. My name is Ace Fanning, and I want to know... What's your secret? Welcome back to another week of Beyond the Secret. I know a lot of you guys wanted to kill me at the end of last episode and that cliffhanger, but I really do think it's important that you hear that part of the secret on its own and kind of, you know, go through your process of that and then hear this part of the secret because... I feel like this part of the secret is what ties everything together. But this part of the secret also changes your perspective on a lot of things. And I think what I'm trying to get you to realize with breaking this into two parts is the way that we go to certain conclusions or the way that we don't always see the full picture when we're talking to people and when we're interacting with people And so that's why I really, really wanted to break this down into the two parts. I'm not going to waste your time. Um, I'm going to let you guys listen to it, but please listen after the episode or after the interview is done because I have a lot of thoughts that I want to get out there. So here is part two of Youth Pastor. There's another like a bit of the story and I don't even know if you want to include this in the podcast or like no how... I 100% was like wait hang on a second there's another huge spin in all of this yeah and I really struggled with like where to put this in like because I feel like it's a whole different thing and I didn't want to get like too off of like the story I guess but but it's also but part of it. it because I think there's a whole psychological aspect of what there happened. is and I feel like I just feel like you should tell your truth and like, when did you find out about this and how did you find out about it? Okay. So back before the rape situation ever happened, like, yes, we were already sexual with each other, but before I had like lost my virginity, you know, I had mentioned that he was very emotional, very like suicidal, just obviously going through something mentally, like, which is why the reason he had to get on some antidepressants, we had this, mutual friend who was one of his best friends and he would go over and like stay the night over there often all the guys did that were in that friend group one day he comes back from a sleepover from this person's house and he calls me and he's like acting very strange and mind you I was still like in middle school I was probably 13 at the time that this happened He called me and was just not acting right. And he said, like, I think something happened last night. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I feel like my buddy's dad was doing something to me in my sleep. And I was like, wait, what? And he goes, I don't know. I I mean, I took my, my depression medication and we were drinking energy drinks. And I know I wasn't supposed to be drinking those like with this medication. So I don't know if something just made me really loopy, but he said, I felt so out of it. And, and I felt like 
someone was doing something to me sexually and I felt like it was my friend's dad. From this conversation, me being 13, I don't think like, oh, you need to like report that and tell your mother. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is really freaking weird. Like, did his medication make him have this weird state of mind? Like mixed with the energy drink? Like now I would be like, no, it sounds like you were maybe drugged or something. So I remember telling my mom about it. Me and my parents are super close. I tell them everything. Like, yes, they're religious, but we have a very like open, good communication. We always have. So I tell my mom and be like, and I'm like, don't tell anybody. My mom and my sister knew. And my mom was like, really weirded out by it. It kind of just never got brought up again until, gosh, I'm trying to think probably six years ago, our friend's dad is now in prison for raping young guys. Still in prison to this day. And you know how I told you I suppressed a lot of those things from back then? Mm -hmm. This is kind of when everything started flooding in for me at once. I said, oh my God, to my sister, I said, do you remember when I told you about this? I told my mom, do you remember this conversation that I told you I had? This guy is in prison now for raping young boys. And he used to have all these boys at his house. And then my boyfriend told me that story and it all just blew up for me. It was kind of like how I connected everything that happened to me with him and how, why he is the way he is and why he's so fucking rude about me is because he knows that I know this secret that nobody else knows and that he's probably never going to tell. And it seriously drives me insane that he has never come forward for himself and saying, yeah, that guy that's in prison, he did that to me when I was a child. But It's so fucked up. I'm, I don't even know. Here's the thing. The reason... I'm going to stretch. I'm going to stretch really, really far on this one, and I'm going <laughs> to probably say things that I probably shouldn't because I am not a mental health professional, but I don't really care right. because... I think for him, number one, I'm so glad that... Because I was thinking in my head, because I was like, I, I read your full secret. And I was like... <laughs> like, when's it coming? <laughs> I'm like, there's another part in here. And I was like, it sounds awful, but I was hoping that it happened when you said it did. Because it does not give him any excuse for what he did. But it explains a it lot about sense, what he right? did. And exactly. I think for, you know it's I think a lot of people like to talk about how hard it is growing up being a female and that's absolutely true but a lot of people don't talk too much about how hard it is growing up being a male and middle school the last thing that you want to be called is gay like yes that if you really want to hurt a middle school boy that's like the easiest way to get at them and for this kid He's now had this trauma happen to him. And I, I genuinely believe that he was setting out to prove to himself that he was straight. And I think the reason why he was so adamant about like, we need to have sex. We need to have sex. Like, I want to have sex with you. Just, just let me put it in. Cause I felt like he wanted to prove to himself, like 
I am a male. I am a straight male. I am not a gay guy because I had this. Because here's the thing is, you know, at 13, honestly, like for males in general, but at 13, if the wind blows, you can get an erection. And yes, it's probably he probably was his body was reacting to this abuse that was happening to him. And that fucked his head up and saying, like, you know what? You were turned on by another male touching you. And it's like, no, 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 no. You were. First of all, you weren't a consenting person in this situation. You were abused. And I was. I was like, when you were talking, I was just like, I hope that this is when it happened because I'm just like that. Again, it does not excuse what he did, but it helps me to better understand why. And it and, and it's I understand the the why he was so adamant and why you know he was. You said like he was like crying about it. Yes, yeah. I just I mean, want to have sex with you. He was super remorseful. Yeah, and even afterwards, he was like oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, and we both just cried together. When that finally came out, like in the news that this man was arrested for that exact thing. I mean, it just came back like total recall for me. And I was like, wow, like someone please tell me I'm not crazy. Do you remember this conversation, mom and my sister? And they're like, oh my God, yes. So I'm like, this had to have happened to him. Yeah. And I also had a family member, a cousin that was, in that friend group. And he's now like a super bad, like heroin addict. And I can't help but think if there's like a connection there too, but I don't think it's, I wouldn't know how to like ask him. We're very close, but I wouldn't know how to be like, Hey, did this happen to you? I don't know. I don't know like where the line is or like if they even remember necessarily. I literally can feel like my whole body, like warming because I'm just, I get so frustrated because this is when people talk about the cycle of abuse, this is what they're fucking talking about. Yes. And how many things get swept under the rug? It's fucking crazy. This man hurt this boy. This boy then went on to hurt you. I'm thankful that you ended that cycle of abuse, but who's to say that that, the boy who hurt you did not grow up to become a man who hurt other people, who hurt children, you know. And who is now a youth pastor. And, and a I'm youth not pastor. accusing him of doing anything. I have no idea. Right. But that's where my mind goes as, like, like you said, the cycle of abuse. I'm like, am I a horrible person for never, like, legitimately reporting this? And what if this is happening to somebody's children right now? I feel like I kind of had, like, when I was in the youth group, I felt like I was kind of there watching to see if I could, like, see something. But then, you know, I was shortly <laughs> later kicked out. And so I felt like maybe I was wanting to be a part of it because of that. I don't know. I'm not saying that he's done or hasn't done something. If he did or not, I have no idea. But the fact is that there is a cycle of abuse that, it could be happening. And is it going to be my fault? (laughs) Like, will I feel this guilt that I should have came forward to somebody about this situation that happened to me? Like, would that have stopped something from potentially happening? Especially because I have a child. I don't know. It's, 
But here's where here's, I'm here's what up I want you to understand. This is this is why this happens because um, it's the same exact. It's not the exact same thing, but people. When I did the interview of the girl who had had a relation, or I wouldn't call it a relationship, but a relationship with the high school football coach when she was in high yes. school, people, some people were like, I don't get why she hasn't reported it. And I'm like, if you listen, she did report it, first of all. And I am not, you reported it. You reported it to a counselor who worked at the church. And this is where I get frustrated with people because it's like, you are a victim. And it takes so much for a victim to, number one, share their story. But number two, really report it to someone who can do something. And when nothing comes from that, the victim loses a little bit of trust in people and in the world. And it's like, what... What do we expect from you? Right. Do you know what I mean? And that's where I get really frustrated because it's like, that's why when someone comes to you, you have to say something. You have to do something. You have to tell the correct people. Because we can't yeah. expect victims to keep, you know, if you're not believed once or not necessarily that you're not believed, but nothing came from it. What makes you think that the next person you go to is going to be somebody who's going to do something about it? If you are not already a part of our closed Facebook group, I suggest that you should be because there's a lot of conversations that go down after each episode that offer insight. And a member named Stephanie, who is a counselor, wrote, there are really specific guidelines we follow for mandated reporting. This case does not fit what we would consider mandatory reporting because it is not technically child abuse since it was a child who raped a child. Let me make it clear that this is still very serious and it takes nothing away from the severity of it. However, it is not something that would allow a counselor to break confidentiality. I do think this counselor could have asked this woman if she wanted to report it and help to support her in doing so. But he would be in big trouble if he breached confidentiality and reported something like this because it doesn't fit into the mandated reporting. And I realized that in the first episode, I'm ripping this counselor apart because he did nothing about it. I do think that there is a way to not break confidentiality and just kind of mention it to the work. Like they work for the same place. Now, I don't know how that would work, but I think that there is something, but even if not, I mean, She's exactly right. He could have helped her in reporting the situation. He could have given her the support that she needed. So that way, you know, something could have happened. And I just, I wanted to add this little tidbit in there because if you're like me and you're really mad at the counselor, we can't be that mad at him. And exactly. then at some point, you deal with this internal struggle of like, I don't want to ruin this man's life. If he's not doing anything, if he's not hurting anybody, I don't want to ruin his job and career and put this whole thing in jeopardy. Exactly. Because you don't know. I don't. And I don't know if I ever will. It might be one of those things like his situation where shit doesn't come out for another 10 years. I mean, or will it ever? I don't know. But I mean, just look at all that 
shit with Bill Cosby. It's like nobody talked about that for like 30 years. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating because if it does come out in 10 years that something did happen, you will blame yourself. And that's Oh, I will. Fair. I will be sick over it. That isn't fair. I know. It's I know it's not. Like I know it's not, but I Yeah, I can't This is like the first time of me like telling the whole thing from like start to finish with that detail mm -hmm. in there as well. And here's the thing too. It, it is makes me sick. He, even though he is a, he's someone who hurt you. There is still a portion of him that is a victim. Exactly. Like, I would say 98%. I mean, this is a statistic that I should not be throwing out because it's completely made up in my head. So don't quote this. Yeah. But I would <laughs> say that a good majority of the people who assault people assault people because they've been assaulted. Yes. And 100%. So, you know, there is this portion of him that's like, oh, like he's a victim. And yes, he hurt you. And we don't know if he's hurting anybody else. Um, I want to go back to the friend that you said who is now the heroin addict. And yeah, it's my cousin. Oh, I get so frustrated because that happens so often with people who've been abused as children, like they grow up and they rely on drugs to try and just numb that portion of their life out. And where I get so frustrated is because you never know how to deal with it. Because for some of those people, they might've suppressed it so much that by bringing it up to them, you're causing damage. Exactly. But, but for some of them, bringing it up is the validation that like something happened to you and I know why. I think everyone will like his mom knows about the situation that happened with the friend's dad. Yeah. And my mom knows about it. And we speculate because he's my cousin spent so much time over there. Yeah. That we've speculated. Like, I wonder if this happened to him and this is why he's going through such a battle, but nobody has like straight up asked him. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you, if the right thing to do is to ask or if you just let them try to like sort it out. But obviously he's not handling that well. And that's, that's why this whole thing gets so tough. And this is why there's so many people who struggle on their own. And I mean, this whole thing is such a stretch, but like, this is the reason why I wanted to make this podcast because so many times, like I remember a few months ago, I shared a secret from somebody whose their secret was that they had been all growing up. They were molested by a female cousin, which is uh -huh. not something you hear a lot of. Most yeah. of the time you, what we hear is maybe a boy cousin molested a girl and what happens, I think, for people is they start to kind of explain things away like, oh, you know, we were just girls doing girl things. But that's not what it is. And when I shared that secret, I shared it. And within like 30 minutes, I had 10 more people sharing that exact same secret because I felt like they realized, holy shit, that's what was happening to me. And that's, that's yeah. all I want is I want to kind of pull back the curtain on things because 
so many people suffer in silence. And it's not okay. Like, I want people to know that, like, you're not alone. And I guarantee you, your cousin is so struggles so much because he knows something happened, but there's a part of him that either blames himself or like with your rapist is questioning himself and like, you know, am I, am I a straight man? And again, questioning a male's sexuality is like a freaking dagger to the heart. Like women are okay being, oh yeah, you know, I experimented with girls in college. Yeah, totally. Yes. Men are not. Because as soon as a guy touches another guy's dick, it's like, oh, you're gay. Yep. Gay for life. We don't have that ability that like women do. And so that is a huge thing. Whether you want to, whether people want to believe that or not, it is a huge thing. And I, they are both dealing with that. And I, I would put a lot of money on the fact that when your rapist did that to you, he was trying to prove to himself or to the world that he is straight. And that's so sad. And I think that's why I've had this like sort of compassion for him or like to where I haven't just like called him out is because I have known that secret of his since we were young. And so I haven't like held it against him because I know that he went through that. And that explains, so that's why I was kind of confused earlier because I'm like, God, she's giving so much grace. But at this point, I didn't, (laughs) I I thought you were going to get to this part of the secret. Like you were like, eventually we had a talk as adults and this is what he told me. And then all the stuff came together. I'm like, I I didn't realize that you knew through all of that. And that explains why you were willing to, you know, give him so much grace and try to just mend things because you knew that that happened to him. Yes, exactly. So I don't know, like before I was going to do this podcast, I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he he even wants to do this podcast. I feel like it's going to be so lame. Like, I don't even think it's like that good of a story. Like, I'm just thinking like, should I just tell him it's not that good? (laughs) Like, Will it even make it on the podcast? I don't know. But I totally was just like doubting the whole story in general that it like would have any significance, I guess. Here's the thing. There's so many different elements of this that like, yeah, I'm not like when I'm doing the podcast, yes, there are times when it's like, Ooh, that's a juicy story. I just posted yesterday that I had a girl who used to be a webcam girl. Obviously I'm interested in juicy stories, but (laughs) because, because if I'm honest with you, like, I feel like I don't want people to, tune into this podcast every week. And I, I know people and I know that people will be like, Oh my God, it's just sad story after sad story after sad story. And I don't want, those are the stories though, that for me, those are the stories that are making a difference. And your story, number one, we got to understand that rape isn't what you see in movies. Rape happens. And I, I, I guarantee you, I don't have that many people who listen to this podcast. It's not like some huge platform. There's at least one woman who's going to listen to this and realize that she was raped as well. That's huge. Right. Because a lot of people don't know what it is. Number two, 
we get to hear about a um number two i mean we talked about a lot of stuff but number two we get to talk about (laughs) the fact that a boy was abused and that's something that like personally that's something i wish that we could talk about a lot more but it's really really hard for men to open up about that and you know he didn't open up about it but we got to at least hear it and we got to see the impact that that had on his life and yes you know there's probably so many reasons we can imagine all day why this man's wife left him but yes (laughs) at the end of the day he probably at the just the very ground level he probably has a very very difficult time connecting with people on a deeper level just because of what happened to him exactly i totally yes, agree. are there a million other things that probably happened yes but at the at the core of all of that is the fact that he probably does not connect with people well people are not like and this is something i'm trying to work on myself when we meet people and we meet people who wrong us or people who we don't gel with or whatever the situation is, there's a reason why everyone is the way they are. And when people are constantly hurting other people, it's because they were most likely hurt themselves or there's something in their life that hurt them that they haven't come to terms with. And for me, the whole point of this podcast is Number one, trying to get people to realize that like there are issues there. But number two, trying to get people to get to a place where they're ready to come to terms with it and start healing from it. Because so many people in this world are not healing from things that have happened to them. I completely agree. Um, Okay, so (laughs) we have gone on so many tangents and I love it. I know, I know. I have a question for you. Okay. How do you think that your life would be different if this hadn't happened to you? Man, (laughs) that's a loaded question. Um, I think if you were to ask me this like years ago, I probably would have been like, wow, if that didn't happen to me, I might have not been so promiscuous and during high school and like college because I just had so much guilt for so long being this Christian girl, but being somewhat promiscuous. Mm -hmm. So I think then I probably would have just said something like that. But now I feel like it's given me such perspective on how I want to raise my daughter and how like protective I want to be or just aware, like, I'm not planning on like being a helicopter parent, but I am going to be open with my kids and I'm going to check with them constantly. And I'm not necessarily going to trust every single person that says, or that I might know just because our, I grew up with them or whatever. I think that it will definitely make me more protective and I'm slightly a little paranoid, but I don't want to project that on my daughter. But also just like the freedom of just saying, you know what, this is my fucking story and here it is. (laughs) And just like accepting that it's not my fault what happened to me and what happens from here on out is not my fault. 
because like you said, I have reported it. And I think that that's something I was struggling with before actually talking it out with you is like, should I have said something? Well, you're right. I did. I, I've told my mom, I told my counselor. It's like, aren't those the people you're supposed to tell? Here's the thing that I want people to understand. And this is, this is for anybody who is in a really bad place right now, because talking to you, I don't, I don't know you. I literally like before your secret, I was like, I don't feel like we'd even exchanged messages before. Um, <laughs> you kind of came out of left field. Like sometimes, you know, I talk to people a little bit and I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm familiar with like their face and stuff. But I was like, I felt like you kind of came out of left field and I don't know you at all, but I can tell that you have, you have a really, really great energy about you. And you don't seem, at least to me, like this awful pessimistic person. And, you know, like you said, you want to be more cautious with your kids and you don't want to be a helicopter parent, but there's a part of you that is paranoid. And, you know, but overall, I think that you have a really, really great energy. And for anybody who is in a place right now where you're in a bad place, you're in a really, really dark place. I will tell you that everybody I know who eventually is some of the happiest people I know, they've been through shitty things (laughs) Yeah. because it gives you perspective. And I'm not saying like, Hey, why don't we go out and find some shitty situations to happen from us? That's not what I want. (laughs) I would love if everybody could go through life without having to experience one terrible thing, but that's not reality. And I'm just trying to give hope to people who are right now where you were before, where I've been before, where so many people have been before, that when you come out of it and when you get to the other side, there's happiness. And it's a happiness like you didn't know before you went into it. That it, yeah, does not exist. Like we, I could not be as happy in my life right now if I hadn't experienced the things I had experienced growing up because they give me perspective on life. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and no, I don't blame my parents at all. Like they were, they are amazing parents, but now like I can take some of what I might've wished that they did and like put that in my own parenting and be like, okay, these are things I'm going to kind of look for. These are things I want to be more open with my daughter about and like my future children. Like, I don't know. There's just so much that I have taken from it that I can totally just, it gives me such perspective on how I want to do things with my kids. You're going to do good because of it. Like, again, I'm not saying, Hey, everyone go out and experience awful things in life, but you already did. You already had something awful happen to you. And there are some people in this world, like your cousin who have had awful things happen to them. And I don't, I don't blame your cousin at all. We're all just different people. And he hasn't assuming that this is the thing that did happen to him. And I would, well, he was there that night also. I would totally put money on the fact that this happened to him, but yeah, I would too. He's still in a dark place and he still hasn't come out of it and he hasn't come to terms with it and he hasn't healed from it or anything like that. And that's why he's stuck. 
And I'm so thankful mm -hmm. when I talk to people like you who did come out of it and who are like, you know what, this happened to me, but it's going to make me a better person. It's going to give me a better perspective on life. And I'm going to get to make good out of my life because of something really bad. Yeah, totally. And I think it also just took me a long time to realize that was shitty. And it's okay for me to feel the way I feel about it. Yes, I, I give him some grace because I know what he went through, but it was still fucked up and it should have never happened and it's not okay. But you're still a victim. Yeah. Just because I'm, just because he is a victim as well, he's not a victim of you. He went yeah. out and he attacked you. He's a victim of a different situation. And, yeah. you know, that's where personalities are so different because, like I said, I would put money on the fact that this happened to your cousin. Your cousin's not out hurting other people. He's just hurting himself. And yeah, it's 100%. When I did the, the interview with the guy who had planned to shoot up his high school, mm -hmm. one of the things that really resonated with me is like, his and I stories are very, very similar until it got to the point where he wanted to hurt other people and I only ever wanted to hurt myself. People react differently to different situations. Your cousin is hurting himself. This boy went on to hurt somebody else. They're both victims, but the way they reacted to it is differently. And you are another victim who did not take either of those routes. You're like, you know what? This happened to me and you've come to terms with the fact that it's happened to you and you're going to make good out of everything. Cause like I said, exactly. I, I don't know you, but I can tell just <laughs> talking to you, you have good energy. You are a good person. Like I love, like I, I don't know you and I already like, Oh yeah. Like I would totally be friends <laughs> with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel the same way from like listening to your podcast. I was like super excited to talk to you because you're just, you know, you don't judge anybody. You just like take their stories for what it is. And I genuinely feel like you're helping people. I, you totally, like, I wasn't expecting anything. Like I said, I thought this was going to be like so lame and that you were just going to like be like, okay, this story's probably not going to make it on the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> but you actually like made me think of things differently and put things into a different perspective for myself. Oh, so thank you. <laughs> I can't tell you like your timing with that is just insane. Cause I've been dealing with this like whole thing of oh, it's literally so frustrating because I go back and forth and like right now, and I don't, I don't know if any of this is going on the podcast, but I'm just going to tell you, but I record everything. Cause I never know like what might be said after, but, um, right now the podcast doesn't make any money. I have the opportunity to make money, but it's not a lot. And I never went into this thinking like, Oh, I'm going to make money off of a podcast. I'm going to put ads in there and eventually it'll pay off. And it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, am I cashing in on people's struggles? And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I don't, I do not want that. That has never once been my intention. It's never been something I was like thinking about. One of the things that I love most about doing this podcast is that Obviously, I'm telling other people's stories, but when I listen back to it, it's like a mini diary to myself 
because yes, you guys have all heard me give this same spiel before about worrying about if I'm, you know, using people's pain and suffering to grow my own platform. And the reason you're hearing it again is because this conversation was recorded around the same time that I had the other conversation. And I'm in a better place with this whole situation now, but it's just, it's a reminder to myself and something like, you know, hearing it now, I'm just, I want to check in. I want to be able to check in with myself and be like, Hey, make sure that this isn't what you're doing. Don't forget that you had these thoughts. Don't forget that this was at one time a worry for you and just, yeah. So that's why you're hearing it again. I'm not looking for your sympathy. I could have easily cut it out, but I just think it's really eye-opening to me to hear it again. And hearing you say that reminds me like, you're not doing that. Like genuinely, all I wanna do is help people either the people I'm talking to or helping other people to realize number one, they're not alone. But number two, like you can come out of a bad time because at 14, like had I come across this podcast when I was 14, my life probably would have been a lot differently. I probably would not have attempted suicide because I realized, but at 14 for me at that time that I was 14, nobody fucking talked about this. Nobody talked about like how hard life is and what depression is like now at 29, I know that I have depression. I know that I will have depression for the rest of my life. And I've come to terms with that and I'm okay. But at 14, I just thought I was fucked up. Exactly. And you, um, like when I shared my secret with you, it was funny because I had started listening to your podcast probably about two to three weeks ago because my sister showed it to me and we're both stay at home moms and we're like what what's a good podcast to listen to and so like (laughs) while we're cleaning the house and doing wifely duties she showed me it and I'm like oh my god I love it so good and I've showed up several of my friends and um when she showed me your Instagram stories about like sharing the secrets she goes you have some fucking good ones you should share them and so I was like all right, well, I'm not going to share that one because it's just too long to write on an Instagram story. So I shared with you like one like stupid one that was like no biggie. And then I was later, I was like, you know, maybe I should share my deepest, darkest secret. So I did. And then like a minute later, you put it on your story. Like, who was that at 745? My sister calls me and she goes, did you see his story? Was that you? Did you send in your story? And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that was me. (laughs) So, um, Anyways, none of this is like that important, but it gave me the chance to like be like, holy shit, he wants to do this story. Like now I have to sit here and think about everything that I've fucking gone through for the last like 15 years, like things that I just people know bits and pieces that I've shared with close friends or, you know, my family, but I've never shared like my my full story. And I I never really thought that I had one, to be honest. And that's so, again, it totally goes back to when we talked about, you know, being embarrassed by the things. Like the other thing that I, my wife does and that I think a lot of women do is you downplay things that happen to you. Yep. I, I specifically remember in high school, we drove up north. My wife was in the car and we were in the back of a truck and my, my wife gets really, really car sick. And we were on this winding road up this mountain and we were in the backseat and 
we like got to the place, like put the car in park and she like quickly wanted to get out because she knew she was going to barf and we just couldn't move fast enough. And she ended up barfing like in her hands in the car and (laughs) she was just so embarrassed. And I'm like, why are you embarrassed? Like you're barfing. Like I feel awful. (laughs) I feel so bad for you. And it's just like, you know, she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want anyone to mention it. Like if you had mentioned it, she would have started crying. Like, but it's, it's this thing that like a lot of people, I don't want to just say women. Cause I don't want to be sexist against men and their feelings. I'm a man. I bet a lot of men do it. I'm a weird male because I'm very in tune with my feelings, but a lot of people downplay the things that happen to them. And I think part of it is a coping mechanism because sometimes if we, if we face the things that happen to us, we start to like, we can't process it. That's what I was saying about your cousin. It's like part of me wants to go to him and say, Hey, did this happen to you? Because I want to make sure that he's, he feels heard. Exactly. And I'm like, our family is so close. Like my cousins are my best friends and they're like my brothers. Like we're all so close. And I'm like, is this something I should say to him? Like, I feel like I would because we're that close, but at the same time, am I like, gonna, is that going to just put him in a worse place or is he going to deny or does he even remember it? I don't know. Like, does he even realize that's what happened? So I, I don't know. My thought process with that, I always try to think about what would I want? And my biggest thing in life is I felt like for a really long time, I wasn't heard about This part is definitely not going in the podcast. I would never. Here's the thing about this podcast is I provide an anonymous platform for everyone else to share their secrets. And the one thing that I don't have as the host of this podcast is the ability to be anonymous. So there's some things that I don't feel comfortable sharing completely out in the open yet, but Maybe someday I'll get there. <laughs> and I think, honestly, that is the driving force behind this podcast because I'm just like, I want people to feel like they can put... I, I'm so sick of stuff being swept under the rug. And I think if I was in your position, I know the way that I would handle it. And I would go to him and I would try to talk to him and have a genuine conversation, not when he's high. Like I need him to be sober to do it. And what is going to happen is there's going to be one more dip. There's going to be a pretty hard dip where he goes even darker and deeper. And then he's able to come out of it. Yeah. I think that happens so often because he, he has to come to terms with it. But now if you can connect with him and if you can get him to understand like, Hey, I think this might've happened to you. It gives him just like, validation of like holy shit like someone finally knows someone finally understands and he more than likely he'll deny it the first few times yeah and I honestly feel like I could go to him and be like hey you know how so-and-so's dad went to jail for doing this shit like I would probably just be like I know you were there a lot like did that ever happen to you because it sounds like he was doing this for a long time does he know about your rapist no, <laughs> I haven't told him, but it's something that I, I feel comfortable telling him, yes. 
Because I think the best way that this goes down is when he can realize, because here's the thing, to your cousin, your rapist seems like the golden child. Because yeah, he's, for sure. he's this pillar in the, the church and he's the youth pastor and oh, he's, he, he's got the perfect life. Everything just worked out for him. And I'm a fucking loser who's on heroin and I'm not doing it. That's how your cousin sees things. And what he needs to realize is that this person who you thought was perfect. And here's the thing. He more than likely knows that it also happened to your rapist, but he can't comprehend how did somebody else who this happened to end up where he is and how did I end up here? Yes. The guy that was raping the young boys, his son is in prison right now because he just was psychopathic. Like he just went crazy during high school and he's currently in prison. He has another son who is also just like fucked up. My, my cousin and one of the other friends that hung out in that group, both on heroin and the other two that were in that group, both youth pastors. Yep. I mean, like, obviously that doesn't have to be included in the podcast, but I'm just saying, like, there's some connection there with all that shit. 100%. And I have, like, obviously known about this for a long time, but it really wasn't until it came out in the news that this guy was in prison for that shit that I was like, holy fuck, this is not happening. Like, And, I mean, that was probably 10, 15 years after... He had done it to my rapist that it actually came out. So I'm just like, I guess time will tell with all these other victims. And if there's any victims currently, it's just so, yeah, it's just fucked up. I have a friend and her brother has like serious issues with alcohol. And I've talked to her over the years and I'm like, we talk about it and I'm like, go back and like, think about, cause she's like, we used to be so close like him and I were just like best friends and then it was like one day he came home and he was just a different person and I'm like I promise you something happened to your brother either from a friend from a friend's brother from a friend's dad from a friend's friend like something happened to him and this is why he's doing the things he did finally he he ended up going into rehab and one of his therapists at rehab I think kind of said like that wouldn't shock me to find out, but he never opened up about it. And yeah, and still some people literally thing. never do. We went on to talk for another 20 minutes about religion and friends and family and all sorts of stuff. But I was like, I feel like this is a really good place to end this episode because I think more often than not, most people have had some sort of traumatic experience and they haven't spoken up about it. And I don't, I don't want you to think, I mean like, Oh, you haven't come on my podcast and that's the only way that you can talk about it. Absolutely not. And I also want to tell you guys that I am not a mental health professional. I did psychology 101 in college and it was the worst class ever. I'm literally only speaking from my experience. If you want to argue with anything that I say, feel free to because I have nothing, I have no science to back up what I'm saying. But I just speak from my own experience. And I don't want to make 
this podcast about me and the struggles that I've faced in my life or any of that shit because that's not the point of this. The point is to try and focus on other people's stories and try to help them through the things that they're dealing with. As I was listening back when I was editing, I was like, dude, you're telling her like, hey, this is what I would do if I was in your situation or this is what I would want to happen in regards to her cousin. And I'm like, I have no reason to say that. But at the same time, this is my podcast and all I can do is draw on my own experiences. And for me, when I went through everything that I went through, validation was the most important thing because sometimes like when you're going through a really tough time, you feel like you're just crazy. Like, again, I don't, I'm speaking in general terms for everybody, but maybe this is just me, but I felt like I was crazy. When something really bad happens, I just think, oh God, like, of course, of course this would happen to me because I'm a fucking crazy person and I'm overdramatic. I explain a lot of things away as me being overdramatic, which I am 100%. I am the first to admit that I am overdramatic, but in her situation, I just wanted to share with her, this is what I would have done. This is how I would have faced her cousin. And if I was her cousin, this is how I would have wanted someone to handle the situation with me. So, I just feel like it's important that I put it out there. Um, I think for me, I, I need to be better about saying for me, for me, talking is my number one therapy. Like I will talk to my, even today, to this very day, like if anything happens, I just talk to my wife. There's so many times where I bet you my wife is like, can we just fucking turn the music on in the car? but I can't, like, I just have to talk and talk and talk. And it's, it's, just, that's the only way that I can process anything is to talk about it. And to, like, right now I'm fucking just rambling. Um, and maybe that's not, maybe that doesn't work for everybody, but I have found that that works really well for me. And all I want to do is expose people to maybe one way of dealing with problems that they haven't considered. And so all I want from this podcast and from this episode and from this long ass rambling is for people to realize that if you're going through something or you've been through something and you haven't quite healed from it, I want you to consider opening up and talking about it and making sure that you're talking to the right people about it. Because not everyone is a trustworthy person. There have been people in my life who I've tried opening up to and they've used it against me or they tried to explain things away and that's not what I've ever been looking for when I want to talk about what I've been through. What I'm looking for is someone who just listens because in my head all day long, is these constant conversations and I'm fine dealing with them when it's a daily basis, but 
when things get really tough or I get really stressed or something, it's like there's a hundred different conversations going on in my head at a time and I need to get some of them out. Like if I can vocalize them, it takes them out of my head and it makes it so that I don't freak out. Um, so when I went through the hardest time in my life, when I was in high school and I was dealing with everything and my depression was at an all-time high and I started self-harming, what happened for me was I would keep everything just locked up as tight as possible. And, you know, it's people have used this analogy forever, but it's like eventually like the pot is going to boil over. And so every time that I would have a big freak out or something, it would be because that pot boiled over and it could just be a very, very small thing. It, it was never like, oh, this is the end of the world. This is a huge thing. It's, it was always a really, really small thing that would set me off. And it was just because there was so there was so much building up inside of me and i never ever gave it a place to go and so then i would freak out and that's how i started cutting and that's how you know eventually the cutting didn't do it that's eventually how the cutting led into a suicide attempt and i just i think back on that time and i'm like i don't want anyone to experience that because it's it's tiring, it beats you down, and it makes you so fucking numb to everything in the world, and it's a miserable way to live. So, again, I'm rambling, but if you're in a place where you feel like your pot is constantly boiling over, something has to change. And I know that like this podcast is, it's just a podcast and it's, you know, there are juicy gossipy stories and there's deep stories, but I just hope that this podcast finds the right people at the right time or maybe at what feels like the wrong time and it gets them through their dark time. Ugh. Okay. That's enough rambling for one day. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. If you have not yet left a review on iTunes, I would appreciate it if you did. But if not, I will be here again next week and I will see all of you guys then. Everybody has a secret. <laughs>